welcome to Mad Influence, a podcast about how the marketing industry uses its influence on society. We all know that marketers can have a bad rep. Let's be honest, we're one of the least trusted professions in the world, ranking somewhere alongside politicians and journalists at the bottom of every poll from the last few years. But what about the people who use their positions of influence to spread positive messages, entertain the world or inspire social change? I'm Helen Saul, I work in brand marketing and I'm hosting this podcast so that I can speak to some of these people each week about our role in influencing culture and investigate how we can all use our power more for good. Just to let you know before we begin, this week's episode is being recorded remotely between a pretty busy part of central London and my guest's parents' house in Italy, so sorry if there is any dip in sound quality in this episode. My guest today is the brilliant Marcella Tarabla, creative and co-founder of Food for Thought, a social initiative which gets people in agencies to donate their skills and lunch break to help charities with their communications in exchange for a nice lunch. Marcella is a very talented creative who spent the last four years working at Publicis Poke for clients including the International Olympic Committee, Morrisons and LastMinute.com. Marcella strongly believes in the collective power of creativity to create positive change and in her own words she set up Food for Thought because as an advertising creative I've always had an appetite for changing the world but I found myself having to compromise my weekend plans or taking a day off. At the same time I was spending my lunch breaks glued to my desk working or watching stupid videos Too many cat compilations later, I had an idea. What if I could bring together the talented people who work in agencies without asking them to take time off work and offer them a great meal in exchange for their amazing skills to help change the world? Well, welcome, Marcella. Hi. Thank you so much for joining. I think that's a pretty impressive mission and I'm very excited to talk all about it. We should probably just start with some context about how we know each other first of all, which is that you have spent the last four years working at Publicis Poke, which is the creative agency for lastminute.com where I work. And I think one of the first times I remember us like properly chatting was one day last year, we were on shoot together. And I remember in a break asking what you were doing the next day. And you told me that you were working on Food for Thought. And at the time, I remember thinking it was an amazing idea. And also being very impressed that after a very long, like 14, 15 hour day, you were going to be up in the morning (laughs) working on your initiative while we were probably all having a (laughs) lion. So I would love to hear a little bit more about it. I explained in the intro what it is, but maybe you can tell us in more detail. Definitely. Uh, Well, thank you, first of all, for having me here. It's a real pleasure to be sharing a little bit about Food for Thought with you. Uh, I started it two years and a half ago, and we are basically the middleman between the agency and the charity or social business. So we bring uh, people together to help uh, a different charity every time. And it's a very short um, workshop. It's only two hours, so it's uh, uh, over lunch. And uh, depending on the charity and the social project uh, challenge, we then invite the right people to help them with the challenge. 
Um, and yeah, we kind of get together and depending on the brief, we sometimes come up with ideas for campaigns. Sometimes it's much more detailed. Uh, so it could be potentially only a tagline or a logo redesign. And what we try to do, I don't know if you've ever been to a hackathon or one of those uh, big events where you come up with amazing, amazing ideas, but then the problem is that they're very e difficult to implement. Uh, yeah. And, you know, you give up your weekend and you go there and you feel amazing because you've done, you know, super well. But then, you know, the ideas don't go anywhere. And that's what, you know, we really try to avoid the food for thought. So we really tailor the brief. Uh, you know, the challenge could be very, very small, but it can be, uh, you know, it can be done in two hours. And I guess you were in the perfect place to set this up because you were creative working in an agency. Was there something specific that made you think, oh, I want to set this up? Or was it, did it just develop over time? Um, so I was organizing hackathons before uh, before Food for Thought. Um, oh, okay. Yeah, so I was doing um, another hackathon called Good for Nothing. They're amazing and they, they do amazing things during the weekend. And when I started a publicist spoke, it was very clear that I just wanted to do something within the advertising industry because, again, you know, it's very easy to, to do something, you know, over the weekends or in the evenings, but then you don't actually get the pool of talent that, you know, are lying in the agencies. But by having it within the agency, it's very easy to ask people to take two hours off and people just love it so much that just they just want to do it. Yeah, that makes sense. And when you're also saying about the fact that you're, kind of fitting it into people's working days that makes me wonder a little bit about work-life balance and you've obviously decided that you want to set up your initiative at a time that suits most people that work in agencies yeah. but I wonder if maybe there's a little bit of a problem where we're working often so hard in our industry and you know in agencies in particular there's often a kind of attitude that it's really work hard play hard and maybe we're spending so much time on our day jobs that sometimes it's meaning that people don't have enough time to dedicate to the things that they would enjoy outside of work what, what do you think about that definitely i mean i uh, <laughs> my opinion on this is uh, probably you know already i mean i've been working for <laughs> a week uh, instead of five and, yes, uh, it's been just incredible to be able to actually spend time doing the things I love. Not that I don't love my job, but it's very important to be able to carve some time to, to really do the things that make your heart beat. So indeed, we do work really hard and it's really important, I think, to find a place when you look for a job that understands you know, your free time and understands it is very important, this work-life balance. And I've been lucky enough to, uh, to be able to do so uh, whenever I could. And what all my colleagues do, that usually uh, they do work five days a week, you know, uh, but I did find that a lot of people just really needed to find a way to, to do something good. It's actually quite easy to find people who want to join the workshop. Uh, it's usually more like who to select rather than trying to find people. That must be a very nice problem to have, having too many people to come <laughs> rather than not enough. Um, and yeah, I definitely wonder as well when you're talking about how nice it's been for you working four days, if actually as an industry, we're gonna see a lot more of that in the future, definitely over the last few months, working habits have changed. Like I myself have gone down to four days and I think people are starting to, value a lot more the time that they're spending outside of work and maybe 
if you have that time to dedicate to side projects or something else, I wonder if it can actually help your productivity and creativity in your day job as well. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. Like as soon as I went for this a week, like I could just see how much I really wanted to go back to work and do my day job. And uh, it just really helped to have that balance. And I think we like, especially in London, we are just so used to work so much and as soon as i think especially now during lockdown everyone kind of starting to understand how important it is to have some time for themselves and you know we don't have to travel too much anymore we don't have hours in the tube and you you really see how that creates a positive impact in your life yeah definitely and it's also it's quite nice to hear some of the benefits that we did have from lockdown because obviously we can always talk about the negatives that happened we all know them and we complain about them all the time but it's nice to think that we got some good things out of it too i guess one of the big challenges that came from lockdown was that anything in person was cancelled or had to be adapted in some sort of way and I know that affected food for thought in that you couldn't host a face-to-face workshop in the same way but I did see that you still managed to do a very successful workshop in lockdown which was for the homeless charity Depaul and I wondered if you could just talk a little bit about a like how this workshop was set up in lockdown and how it had to change and then what the actual outcomes of the workshop were and what you did for the charity definitely you usually do real life events and when this all happens it was a bit of a shock because real life events are very different from a virtual event it gives you also a very different energy uh, but we we just thought why not trying i mean food for thought i would i would call it a, a bit of a startup so we we do just test things out and we try things and uh, so we decided to test a new uh, workshop which was completely virtual over zoom uh, <laughs> with a lot, a lot of difficulties on organizing it, of course, because obviously, you know, the workshop itself, it was really hard to think about how to actually implement that in a virtual world. Uh, but luckily, Zoom is amazing. Uh, and we managed to create exactly the same uh, feeling, but virtually. We had Zoom rooms and we had like a main hall where people could go back, ask questions to the charity and yeah it just went really really smoothly (laughs) we were all surprised to be honest to see how smoothly it went and uh, yeah we did it back in April yeah just at the beginning of lockdown and uh, the creatives uh, were mostly from Publicis Spoke where we tested it and uh, we also invited a couple of freelancers and uh, yeah they came up with amazing ideas to raise money for the poll uh, and it was a campaign idea, so we had to implement that. And luckily, Publicis Spoke decided to invest some money and uh, donate that money uh, into some time to actually develop the idea. One of the ideas that came out of it uh, was called Sleep Badless for the Homeless. So it was a digital challenge where people, uh, they could sleep in the garden or sleep in a tent somewhere within the house and, uh, you know, with their family and take a picture, tag a few people to do the same and donate some money for it. And it went amazingly. Um, I think they, uh, I think they raised around a grand and a half, which is quite a lot for a small charity. Uh, and they got a lot of PR as well. Um, not only like the advertising PR, but we got uh, Daily Mail, 
uh, evening standards and a lot of PR around it, which is incredible. So a real success. And uh, yeah, can't wait to do more of those. <laughs> yeah, I think that's amazing. And also, especially, I think the fact that you came up with so, something so creative during lockdown, like you say, we all know the problems of Zoom calls and that it can be quite hard to do a workshop over video call. It's not the easiest. So the fact that you still managed to do that, I think is testament to everybody that you had participate and the outcome, which was a really successful one. Yeah. How, well, with any client, how do you get in touch with DePaul or whoever else you work with? Is it normally that they approach you or do you reach out to some of them? Yeah, it's a mix. Uh, sometimes, so we're very picky with the charities and social businesses yes. we work with. Um, you know, they need to be obviously willing to you know, pay for the lunch. That's the only thing that they need to pay for. And actually for this digital event, uh, the, we sent over um, Deliveroo vouchers for the participants, which That's was great. Uh, but they also, we need to, they need to really understand the value of the workshop. Uh, we're picky on that. And uh, obviously we choose the ones that we really like. Sometimes we contact them just because we really like them and we want to work with them. Sometimes uh, we, they actually contact us. Um, it's actually quite interesting because we have a lot of agencies uh, who want to participate, but a bit less actually charities, which is quite interesting. But I think it's also due to the fact that I work in advertising and, you know, I have a connection with the people working there. Yes. Yeah. And maybe, or, you know, some of the charities aren't necessarily aware, I guess, or if they're quite mm -hmm. small businesses. And do you have maybe a preference for the smaller initiatives that maybe wouldn't be able to afford to do something on completely. their own? Is Yeah. Yeah, completely. So actually, that's one of the things like we don't work, want to work with a charity that can afford the agent services because they already do. So we yeah. usually really select very small charities that we really believe in, that we really think that they need to you know, push forward and continue the work that they do. And um, also, I think very important is that we don't only help charities, but also social businesses, because I really believe that the social business ground is a very interesting one, you know, trying to, you know, survive and making money and be independent. And in the meantime, also helping uh, the world. For example, we uh, the last one we did uh, was a social business called RubyCup. And the whole thing was uh, yeah, to find a tagline for them. And, you know, RubyCup is amazing. They basically, they do menstrual cups, but they donate one every time they sell one to a disadvantaged girl in a community. So, you know, they are amazing women uh, doing yeah. that. And uh, yeah, so we actually... These guys, we contacted them. I actually bought a menstrual cup myself. And now uh, okay. I really want to work with you guys. And they, they flew from Barcelona and we did, uh, we did the workshop and now they're using the tagline, which is great. Oh, that's really cool. <laughs> Something else I wanted to ask you about is that one thing that you said is that you really believe in the power, the collective power of creativity to create positive change. And I wondered if you could explain a bit more about what you mean exactly by that. Definitely. Um, I think, well, first of all, creativity, we all know how important it is in whatever we do. I mean, you work for last minute, you know that more, yes. than, more than anything. <laughs> uh, and yeah, I think creativity overall is, is the, the solution for any, any challenge, especially when you have to communicate. But I think I added collective in it because I think we... In the society that we live in and how we, you know, we usually 
work is is very much especially as a creative we we work as a single or as a couple like a copywriter and art director but there is only two people and it's great but actually i think the power of the group and the power of a lot of bright minds can actually bring so much change compared to only two people i mean the more people the better uh, actually i correct myself sometimes too many people <laughs> if you find the right structure and if you if you manage to put the right minds together i love these workshops where we don't have only creatives and art directors and you know but we invite people that don't usually come up with ideas and you see how finally the whole thing just comes to life and just the energy of of seeing a group coming together to you know to come up with ideas for good is just amazing yeah, I think yeah, we've probably both been in workshops probably together yeah. where you spend a whole day on fixing one problem and you have all these different people from different places and something about that environment and the fact that your phones are switched off, you're not allowed to go on your emails during that time means that everyone is properly concentrating on a problem and the results to me are often just so much better than separate different little meetings. So I think it yeah, is a really good way to harness creativity for yeah. sure one thing that I wonder what you think about is is there any sort of worry that the current situation you know COVID-19 is it going to affect our creativity and by that I mean the fact that a lot of businesses right now are just firefighting they're having their plans change constantly like day by day different things are happening and I wonder if because people are so focused on just trying to get through this difficult time they're trying to survive they don't want to go under do you think that means that in the long term creativity could risk being impacted because people aren't dedicating enough time to the long-term stuff yeah I would actually uh, bring it back to even before COVID, even before COVID, uh, you could see brands just kind of trying to wrestle between themselves and, and not giving enough importance to creativity. But I think there is amazing ideas at the moment uh, coming out of this crazy moment. And I think, you know, especially these crisis moments and where you, you really feel lost, everyone feels lost. That is the ground for creativity. Because when you have a problem, there is a solution and you see people actually coming up with amazing ideas. I think uh, brands who understand that actually creativity is important uh, will continue to, to give value to that. But the other probably will struggle a little bit more. Yeah. yeah. No, I, I know what you're saying. Are, are there any brands have you seen recently that you think particularly have done stuff that stands out in this time? So... <laughs> Overall, there has been uh, quite a few brands, but the one that sticks to me, which was actually not related to COVID, but came out, I think, a couple of weeks ago, no, actually a month ago, was the body form work, which uh, obviously, yes. yeah, I mean, I love, um, I used to work on SETA Publicity Spoke, and we were doing the digital side of things, and uh, we had the luck to actually see the campaign coming out before. The whole thing about... Uh, body form is to break taboos so they created this amazing film which is breaking taboos about women's issues from miscarriage to endometriosis and all of those things and it's just amazing when you see a brand doing that stimulating a conversation that is still like you know not very much talked about is just amazing uh, so that's the first one that comes into mind when you when you talk about this period although not related to covid <laughs> 
But... No, I agree. I, I've seen the video online and I think it's just something about the fact that you see a video which is showing things that shouldn't be taboo in any way and yet you think oh I've not necessarily seen that on a video before I've not necessarily seen menstrual blood and it's stuff that is very normal but they are normalizing because actually we don't talk about it enough or we don't see it enough so yeah I loved that video yeah. too and that set of work I think as well I'm starting to enjoy a bit more of the adverts post the start I feel like the start of COVID it was a very sad time and we were all coming together and, and there was a lot of uh, you know sad music on all the adverts about what was going on and now I think some of them are playing a little bit more with humor and I'm starting to like what's coming out of the sort of almost post lockdown time I think it's nice I think sometimes we want to be uh, focusing on happiness and humor as much as we do on serious issues too definitely do you think that when we talk about so happiness and humor that's really important but also you've just talked about an advert that is very purposeful and has a real meaning behind yeah. it and do you think every brand needs a sense of purpose or do you think that it's more important if you're someone that has a social cause yeah, I think yeah, it's a again, it's a very interesting question because you know you you see brands every single time jumping onto topical moments and you know making making people feel like they're part of it just because they want to have a voice and I think that is not purpose and I think needs we need to divide and really split those two things. Purpose is something that is really valuable and you need to find within your brand how you can bring purpose around your um your kind of industry right so if, if it's obviously something related to tourism for example you can't think about i don't know uh menstrual poverty all around the world right so i think i think brands more and more have to do that because people more and more want to buy for brands uh, that actually care about the world and i think more and more especially the younger people that are even younger than me and younger than us do not accept brands that don't do that so they they have purpose they want to buy into something that they care about and they the brands cares about too so i think we need to really think about how we can survive and how to actually be purposeful in the right way and yeah <laughs> no I, I really agree I, it can sometimes be a bit of a balance because yes we all do want to help out and we want to support the right things. But yeah. like you say, it would be completely irrelevant if a travel brand started supporting menstrual cups. Yes. So how do you make sure that as a brand, you are not just choosing to support a cause because you think that it makes you look good? How do you make sure that it's actually something that you are genuinely supporting and that you really do have a long term plan to continue doing so? I think it comes down to the people again. I mean, we always talk about changing the world uh, in a big scale, but we all have a job to challenge ourselves, to challenge the brands, to challenge the clients, to challenge every single thing. And I think it, it needs to come from ourselves and say, well, okay, brand, would you like to, they want to support someone, great, but let's start from the beginning. Why do you want that? Who do you want to support and why? And is this a long-term thing? 
So I think, again, it's just between brands and agencies. There needs to be this communication and this understanding. It can't just be a two-month campaign. It needs to be ingrained into them, their core. And I think it really just comes down to, to the people who work with the brand, isn't it? I mean, if you don't challenge, you just continue. Uh, to do whatever you do but if you actually do challenge even if you're a junior right you can just hold your hand up and say hey I don't really believe in this can we can we actually talk about it a bit more and you know you start a conversation and that's how all the great things start yeah absolutely I couldn't agree more so just a few more things I wanted to ask you about one of them is just if you've got any future plans for food for thought is there anything in the mix well so I actually uh, so I just left uh, my agency job uh, so I decided to take a little break from from work and uh, one of the things that I want to do is kind of continuing food for thought uh, my partner Zina uh, she's had the baby so we're taking a little break right now and then we're gonna start again uh, fresh in September and see where where it takes us. I think it would be amazing to be able to actually uh, make it a bit more of a uh, of a day job uh, rather than uh, than just an evening uh, evening job. Uh, so yes. Yeah. The the plan at the moment is just keep going, obviously, and don't stop. Uh, see where uh, continue doing the workshops. Continue uh, see where this takes us, and I think. Uh, also, again, now due to COVID is actually an amazing moment to bring people together, not only from one agency, but you can you can take the whole world, right? You can you can create workshops that are a bit more global. Uh, so that's a bit in the pipeline. Uh, and then we'll see. I think we are still at the beginning, given it's a it's a side project. We didn't really put too much love well we did put a lot of love but uh, not enough time uh, to it so i think now is really the moment to see where it can it can take us and you never know right i mean you start something and then you end up uh, <laughs> doing uh, something completely different so exactly no i think it's it sounds like such an exciting time for you because if you think about what you've achieved whilst working a full-time well four-day-a-week job very full-time demanding job as we know and you've managed to set up this incredible initiative that has done work for all different types of charities and social businesses and that's just something you've done on the side like imagine where having this break and free time is really going to take yeah. you so I'm very excited to see what happens next with uh, Food for Thought. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. Um, just to end on, I would love to know what your advice would be if you were talking to someone that was just starting out their career in marketing. Well, hmm, I think, okay, two things. One, if they're unsure about what they want to do, but they feel like advertising is something they really like, but... They don't really know whether ethically is the right thing to do because we know that we have a bit of trouble with that. I think for me, at least when I started and I really wanted to do advertising and that's, that was my dream job. And then slowly, slowly, I understood that maybe it wasn't really ethically and aligned with my values. And I decided to stick with it. And I think it's important to understand that whatever skills you learn, then you can apply to something else. And again, the power of communication and creativity is priceless. So I think stick with it, 
continue doing what you're doing and if you find something that you you see that there isn't in the advertising industry that you would like to be done uh, for it to to be done i think just create it and do it uh you know we we're all good at following other people's uh tracks but you know we just need to take our strength and and do it ourselves so i think yeah I think that's such good advice and I think you've kind of pulled out two things there the first one about the ethical side of marketing and advertising and it's something that I think about myself I mean it's the reason I set up this podcast in terms of how do you balance the fact that you are selling a product to someone and also you know wanting to do good in the world as well and I definitely think there is a middle where you can do both and I think it's about us having these conversations as marketers as advertisers and working out how we're doing it in the most responsible way and actually it's it's really cool that we have this influence and this tool on society so how can we use it in the best possible way so definitely agree that's really good advice there and then I I think your second point as well just in terms of not having to follow one particular path and creating something for yourself is also really good advice because People, I think, can often feel like they have to follow one set path. And you are a perfect example of someone that said, I've done this for a bit. Now I want to try something else. And I think if we had more of that in the world, it would be an even more exciting place than it is already. Yeah, I think I think you're right um, completely. And I think there is that fear of not having a job and not really knowing what you're going to do. But actually, when you feel that fear, it's exactly the right moment <laughs> to go for it because when there is no fear, you just stay in your comfortable place. But when there is fear, you know, there is a all to play with. So yeah, I think. Yeah, I couldn't, couldn't agree more. And I think that is a brilliant note to end on. Um, if people are wanting to get in touch with you, maybe they're an agency or charity or business, where is the best place to find you? So you can find us on uh, our website. So it's www.foodforfoat.space or at our email, hello at foodforfoat.space. And if you would like to contact me uh, on LinkedIn, uh, it's Marcella Tarable uh, and you can find me there. Amazing. Thank you so much for your time today. Like, it's been so nice talking to you. And hopefully I'll get to see you soon because I think we're both potentially relocating to Lisbon. (laughs) (laughs) Fingers crossed. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. You've just been listening to Mad Influence. If you enjoyed it, then do please let me know and rate, review and share it. This episode was recorded remotely in lockdown with music by Joseph McDade. Thanks a lot for listening and see you soon.